WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD, WKCR.org, anywhere around the planet. Or maybe you're listening to the Deep Focus podcast on your favorite listening device, your phone in your pocket, your computer. You can also find it on the web at MitchGoldman.Podbean.com because I'm Mitch Goldman and this is Deep Focus. And here's how we play the game. We invite a guest to come into the studio. The guest chooses a topic for our audiophonic delectation. And the challenge to your humble narrator is to find live unreleased recordings of the artist chosen by our guest. And I am so happy to welcome our guest back to the studio. We've, we've done this a few times and we've hit it out of the park every single time. I love it. And my guest tonight, here in the studio, William Hooker. Yes, yes. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you for coming back. It's going to be fun. What was the I, I can remember a number of the ones we've done, but I can't remember them in order necessarily. Do you remember which was the last one that we did? I can't. The first one we did was Rashid Ali. Okay. And then we did, um, we did Alice Coltrane. Okay. Right? Yep. And we did... Uh, we did did Milford Graves, I think, right? Or Sonny Murray. We did Sonny Murray. Okay. Anyway. Okay. More to the point. And now? And now, well, okay, now this is very interesting who you chose. Because I think every time you've been here, no, that's not true. I was going to say something untrue. Uh, I was going to say that you've chosen drummers, like yourself, drummer. Yeah. But um, we did do House Coltrane, so that wouldn't count. That's right. But... Uh, once again, you're departing from the the uh, rhythm section. Okay. And you've chosen another path. Yeah, today. What are we going to be listening to? Sonny Chirac. Sonny Chirac. Sonny Chirac. What? Now, we have not discussed this at all. <laughs> really. Correct. We, we barely, usually sometimes, you know, we'll kind of throw it around beforehand. We didn't right. do that. Right. Coming right into this. That's right. It's a very Sonny Chirac kind of approach. Okay. He was an uh, improviser from the ground up. Yeah. Not all the time, but uh, uh-huh. when the situation called for it. And uh, so I'm asking you, improvising with you, what, uh, what brought us around to Sonny Chirac? Well, we had two choices. And the other person, for some reason, what happened? We couldn't find the other person. Well... Yeah, I may mention I'm, who it was. Who you're, say that? you're shooting me down. No, no. <laughs> I'm trying to do a little showbiz and painting this illusion that I have this mastery of the universe and I can manifest these live recordings 
otherwise heretofore not known to exist, which is sometimes true. Yeah. But the way part of the way I do it is when it's somebody like you, I'm like, well, give me a couple of choices. All right. And I'll find one of them. So I did, yes, Sonny Chirac was not the second choice, but he was one of two choices. That's right. That's right. We could tell. No, the other one was, was a great choice, Giuseppe Logan. I just I couldn't find enough material of him yeah. that was live and unreleased. But everything we're going to play tonight is live, unreleased recordings. Except for one thing. <laughs> Possibly one thing. Except for one thing. That is. Because before we get rolling. I really would like to hear that record, Mitch. That's my my major request. I'm telling you, I left home, I put that record on, I said, this is why I love Sonny Chirac. This was serious business for like four minutes. Me and Dono in the house, like, what is this? This is crazy. If you put that on, this show was going to be superlative. And that's where I stand. Okay. You can stand there. But we're not playing it. Oh my god. I will I will I'll tell you off mic why. But it's it's the why? uh it's why? the structure of the show. It's the structure of the show. We play this what we do. We play you've done this with me so many times. I know. So tell me when did you first become aware that there was a sunny Chirac in the world? Probably at Slugs on East Third Street. For listeners who don't know if you hear somebody say the one syllable slugs or yeah. slug saloon, that immediately paints a picture for people who know about the music. I was not conscious of the music when it existed, so I can't speak of it, but you can. Tell yes. us what slugs was. All right, so <clears throat> slugs was right down the street from this bicycle gang, this motorcycle gang. From what I remember, I forgot right. what they were. Yeah, Hell's Angels. Hell's yeah. Angels, okay. They own that block. It, well, they own part of the block because across the street was this uh, tenement, and one, well, my one of my friends from Connecticut at the time, uh, he was the super, and um, people might bring, people might know him. He's called up here many times, uh, Raphael McCaden. Oh yeah, he was Raphael. the super. He was the super at Slugs. No, the oh, super for the Hell's across, Angels. Uh, the super at the building across the street from the, uh, the Hell's Angels. The that, Hell's Angels side had Slugs on it. That but guy, Raphael, had more stories. Yeah. than any fifteen other people that I knew. Uh, he was. He would call me, and. I mean, he was like Zelliger. He was like everywhere the music unfolded. He was there with it. He was a remarkable, remarkable, and great listener and great ears, great memory. I'm thanking you for him since he's passed. But the point was, he invited me down to come and see him, and I went down to the building, and in the building was like Dave Burrell. Um, Living there. Yeah. In the building was Dave Burrell, especially, I remember. Um, Pharaoh Sanders was there for a minute. Um, and I can't remember who the other two people were in the building. And what, what year are we talking about? Oh, wow. I was like 17, 18, something like that. Uh, maybe, um, 68, maybe like 67, 68, something like that. And, um, so, so I come down here, I'm a rock and roller. And uh, first he took me, he said, well, I got I to gotta take you to this place because, um, you know, I want to turn you on to something. I said, okay. So he must have thought I had potential maybe, you know, because he had been around these people for a while. And so, so then he took me to see Rashid Ali, 
um, Frank Frank Wright. Um, I can't remember yeah, who was on piano. Maybe it was Larry Young on organ. I'm not sure. And some other person, I forgot. And then uh, I think I came down here by myself uh, and with this friend of mine in his car. And then and then I think we went in and we saw Sonny Chirac there. It was it wasn't he wasn't the leader of the group, mm-hmm. but but then he was playing in the same place, Slugs on East Third Street. So I went in and I saw. Uh, since I had been playing with a lot of guitarists because I was in an organ trio, and usually an organist uh, would hire um, a guitarist to play with us. You know, they knew a, they knew the whole fake book in their thing, and um, so I go in, and I'm intending to listen to something that was pretty advanced at the time because I mean I knew the people who could play guitar. I mean, I really did. They knew. They knew all the standards. They knew every change. They knew all these things, and they knew time signatures and stuff. And I was really expecting to <clears throat> be treated to something that was just superlative, straight-ahead music. Mm-hmm. And I walked in, and this dude was literally like shredding the guitar. I mean, he was shredding the guitar, and I was like, "What is?" this this is crazy because i couldn't tell i at that point i couldn't tell if he was bad or good because (laughs) because i didn't hear i didn't hear any i didn't hear any changes right i didn't hear anything that was was talking about like you know the way certain things are like what that that i had been raised with like grant green talking about jc and and like um uh i i speak of grant, grant green specifically because i mean he was with larry young and and uh and and i didn't hear that at all i heard this thing that was like the first thing that comes to word to my mind is probably psychedelic mm-hmm. but it really wasn't it really wasn't it was noise it was noise. That's what it was, but but I didn't know what noise was at the time. It had and become a genre. So, but 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 the music was happening, and he was playing up there like the tenor and the trumpet player. He wasn't playing like fills. He wasn't playing like piano. He wasn't playing bass. He wasn't in any of that. He was he was a ama- he was a voice up there with the horns. And that kind of blew my mind. That's what he used to say. That uh, it's like, well, I'm not really. I don't remember the exact phraseology. Something to the point of, I'm not really a guitar player. I'm really a saxophone player. Like, <laughs> that's his approach. And his inspiration, he said, was the great tenor saxophonists of the day, starting with Coltrane, and you know that whole school that uh, Slugs was probably ground zero for and that whole neighborhood where a lot of those guys were living at that time that was his where his whole concept came from well all i know is i was i was uh i was kind of like a little bit freaked out i was a little bit freaked out because i was saying this first of all this is loud and anybody that played music at that time it was almost like you were not supposed to play as loud as the horns Hmm. I mean, you were in the quote-unquote rhythm section, 
and the rhythm section is support is supposed to support the horns until it's your time to play when we are done playing our solos. This dude was playing solos from the first time I even listened. As soon as you, as soon as it starts, he's playing a solo. I'm like, what is this? This is crazy. This is like, and, and, and it was, and, and you know, I, I was used to loud music because I think around that very same time from what I remember, and I could be wrong, Donna, I could be wrong. But the point is, I think I had just seen Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. live, mm-hmm. and that was a that was a that was an incredible moment. That was an incredible moment because I had seen somebody do something with the guitar that was just like it was it was crazy, it was crazy. Uh, but but the point was, he had done it with these English cats, which I could handle. But when I went into Slugs and I see all of these black musicians, great musicians, and this dude is like all up in it. I mean, he was in it. I'm saying, oh snap! If if I was in a club and I was playing, and this and somebody ever did that, either one of those horn players would have either punched him in the mouth or something. <laughs> they would have literally punched him in the mouth. I'm serious. They would have like broken this broken his amp he was like oh i was saying what is this so that kind of like changed my conception of this whole thing about rhythm section Mm -hmm. and and, you know all this and it even changed my conception about the head of of the song because this dude was in out on the head off the head the horns were playing straight like that but he was he was playing he was playing, I won't even say colors. He wasn't playing colors. Because if there was colors, I wasn't seeing any. I just did not see any. Black. <laughs> he was playing Subway. Yeah. He was in the yeah. Subway. He was in the Subway. Let me ask you this. Yes. What kind of response did this seem to get from the other musicians on the bandstand? You know something? At this point, I know, Mitch, that's a good question. I really don't know. You were, you were transfixed. I... Your I eyes was I, uh, moving around. When you see that, it's like you're saying to yourself, "What is this? This is not a guitar doing this." That's the first thing you're saying. It's not like he had a horn or he had a drum or he had no. I, you're saying, "What is this?" Because you would think that it. And I'm telling you, it was it was it wasn't close to noise. I won't say that. I can't. I can't really. I can't really. Um, I can't really ex- explain it. And since you don't have it, but I will tell the audience, um, if you ever get a chance to, to uh, listen to Dick Dogs, which is off of Seize the Rainbow, you will understand what I'm saying. Because this was Sonny Chirac. This is Sonny Chirac. This is not fooling around stuff. So I, that's where I'm coming from. Well, you did put the challenge to me <laughs> to find some live unreleased Sonny Chirac recordings. Yes. And uh, your, <laughs> the, the WKCR archives. I'm a pain in the butt, huh? <laughs> Yielded gems. Never. Never. A little high maintenance sometimes. That's okay. <laughs> no. uh, we have a live recording from yes. another venue around the corner that uh, some people associate with Sonny Chirac. I got to see him perform there, hear him perform there many times, which is a knitting factory. 
we're jumping ahead about 20 years from your first experience at Slugs. But, uh, well, we'll see what you think about this performance because it was April 21st, 1988. Yes. And so Sonny, uh, not to go into too much detail okay. right away here, but um, he had a very kind of checkered career over a span of time. He put out a series of albums with his then-wife, Linda Chirac, around that time from sure. the 60s, early 70s. They parted ways. Um, Sonny, we were talking off mic about the fact that he'd been in Herbie Mann's band for a number of years, which was very popular kind of light jazz sort of ensembles right. that uh, made a... He was in that band for quite a while. He recorded with Miles Davis. He's on... Um, I think he's un- uncredited on um, Jack Johnson. Okay. And, um, but then he was off the scene, all but off the scene for a bunch of years. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, living in his hometown of Ossining. And it was not until, I mean, he did a, did a few gigs, mostly kind of under the radar. He would play uh, Soundscape. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Huh. Um, but uh, he had a very low profile, didn't record much at all that I know of until. Uh-huh. He started coming back around in the mid '80s, okay. and he put this band together first solo at first, and then he had this band that became very popular here in New York and then elsewhere, and um, had really quite a trajectory over those ten years or so before he passed on. I think it was 1994. Uh-huh. Um, but this band, this was kind of the spine of that band that that carried his name out into the world. Yes. And so it's uh, Melvin Gibbs on bass, Ferron Akloff on drums, and also Abe Speller playing drums. And what else do we need to say? Should we, should we jump let's right in? Let's go right into it because, uh, yeah, comp- yeah, let's go right into it. The show is called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. So happy to have William Hooker here in the studio with us. And our topic of Deep Focus is, oh, Whoa, is, hang on now. Is that him talking? No, but going to get us set up here in just a second. Here we go.
live recording obviously that should be quite apparent and it also should be apparent if you know the work of Sonny Chirac that is who we have been listening to and as requested by my guest William Hooker I'm Mitch Goldman the show's called Deep Focus and William is this any kind of reflection of the music that you heard that night at Slugs it was wilder I bet I think it was because of the um it was it was like the late sixties. It was a different a, time. Yeah, and this is this is a little bit more tame. And also like um the way the knitting factory was built, I think that, that has something to do with it too. Sure. How would you compare those two spaces? So this is the original knitting factory on Houston Street. Yeah. Well that was hard to that was hard to manipulate a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was a small stage. The stage was in the street end of the room, long, narrow room. Right. And so you'd... You have to go upstairs. Yeah, you'd come up the stairs and you kind of enter in the middle towards the back. And then you're looking back towards the street. Like the musicians' backs are basically facing right out the window onto Houston Street. Except right, for the fact right, that there's right. a big, heavy curtain there. Yeah. And that was I thought that was a good room for electronic music for loud music the room kind of ate up the sound it was a good well. room it was a good room because i remember playing with billy bang in there oh yeah that was that was one of those nights that was really a special special night and um maybe it's because we only had two people playing at that point because this is like two drummers yeah um and bass which i'm not hearing that much but that's okay because it's the knitting factory the early one and, uh, yeah, so, but I mean, um, musically, I got to say, I could tell, I could tell that there is um, a sort of, a, a sort of a homage to some of the recordings that he had made, because I know that this very same song is uh, on Ask the Ages, which is with Bill Laswell. Yes. 
And so, because that's how I knew it automatically. Other people out there probably know it too. And um, so, but I mean, um, when you really listen to that record, uh, you know that there's a certain, it's it, it's well made and he's playing really well, but you can tell that there's a certain um, uh, stay in your placeness about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. It's excuse me. It's not as um, it's not as forceful, and as and and and, and um, as wild as, as some of the other stuff that I that I heard. Well, that was I think Laswell produced that, but it was uh, the big thing about that was it was Sonny and Pharaoh Sanders. Okay, who by the way had recorded together in the '60s on Tawheed. Yeah, Sonny's on that one, but um, Ask the Ages, yeah, and Elvin, Elvin Jones is on drums on that, and Charnet Moffat, if I'm remembering correctly, and on which one? On Ask the Ages. Oh, okay, right, well, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different energy, that album. Um, but let me ask you, so listening yeah. to this live set, because I, you know, I've I've had many opportunities to hear you play. <laughs> okay. And I'm thinking about this kind of in the context of your craft and what you, the way you present music on stage. And uh-huh. you have a distinctive way of engaging your fellow musicians, engaging the audience. What are you getting from... Sonny Schrock here, that he's, the way he's putting his music out into the world. All right, now, all right, that's a good question. I think that is, the more we listen to it, I'll be able to answer that better. Because um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to place when this record happened. This recording? Yes, and when this recording happened. Like, um, I know it says... Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is 88. He's, Sonny's on, I would say, you know, big ascendancies emerging from I mean I met him in 85 okay and he was I don't think he barely had a, if he even had a band at that point first time uh, I met him was here in the studio he came and played live mm-hmm. and um, but he uh, he was getting better and better known partly from playing knitting factory and those knitting factory tours and those records he's putting out, and also at this time uh-huh. he's in uh, the band Last Exit with Laswell, okay, Ronald Shannon Jackson, and uh, Peter Brodsman, and okay, they're also putting out records which are kind of carving, bringing in another kind of audience, you know. Sure, he, absolutely. Uh-huh. And then also in subsequent years, he got uh, the jam band scene was coming up, and he was sort of part of that. Also, there were certain things; things keep seeming to come. Sonny's way okay. that brought him out there. He was, uh, you know, he he. They used his music on uh, on Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which was a an animated show, a cartoon show. Okay, and um, you know, they're just his people. People were finding their way to his music. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And he was still living in Ossining at the still time. Still living in Ossining. Yep. And, um, and coming into and, and traveling obviously with these people. Yeah. All right then. So all right. So so you're turning me on to something that I I had no no clue about at all, because I would just go there and I would just hear the music, and um and he surprised me, and that was probably one of the only times I ever really got to see him live, when you got to see him play a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He used to stay over at my house sometimes, and we had something we had a 
you know, do early in the day in the city or okay. stay late. He would, that happened from time to time. I was living on West 95th Street here. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I, I did. I got to spend a lot of time with him. I was, he was, uh, he was a very, very one-of-a-kind kind of person. Where did he get his chaps? You know, I, well, he, I said he was kind of off the scene. He, um, he was a uh, chauffeur. Like when you first met him. Like, I mean, he, he, he was, show? he had, you know, he was fully formed as a musician when I met him. Okay. Um, but he had, uh, he was working as a chauffeur. He was all, so off the scene. He was working as a chauffeur. And I remember he would have his guitar. He would play. He would play for himself and car he had downtime i mean he just he loved to play he played all the time um and he would uh he had stuff um really interesting things he would do playing solo guitar he's got a solo guitar album actually that came out i want to say that was maybe 86 or something like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and he would play um with loops that he would create okay improvise stuff yeah he had a he had a he had a whole world of music in his head. All right, good. very clearly. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, but but um, let's play more because because yeah. I really wanna I really wanna uh, find where this is because I'm really more into the wild. I won't say the wildest stuff, but the stuff that I think um, he showed me a lot more a lot more emotion than than this particular. Hmm. This particular show. Well, let's see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You're listening to WKCR. The show's called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, and our guest tonight is William Hooker. And William, you've got some stuff coming up. Next break, I want to ask you about some of these events there. I'm ready. I I, they, I wrote out all this stuff, yeah, to tell you about it. I, I'm in the I'm, audience about it, too, yeah. Yeah. And um, so we are at your behest, focusing on. The magnificent Sonny Schrock, and we're listening to this live set from the Knitting Factory from April of 1988 with Melvin Gibbs on bass and drums of Firon Akloff and Abe Speller. And uh, this, is, this is really a treat getting to be a fly on the wall for this. All right, live music from Sonny Schrock on WKCR.
man. Wow. That groove just felt That's like beautiful. it could just keep riding out into the sunset, didn't it? February 5th, 2024. William Hooker, my guest on the topic of the stupendous Sonny Chirac. That was part one of three parts. And I just want to take a little moment to thank everybody who's given us a like or subscribe to us or, wow, some of those really great, great comments that folks have made. I see all of it. And I don't know, I guess it might seem like this is just one more of the many, many podcasts out there. And I guess it sort of is. But here's the difference. No one knows about this one. We have a very tiny little footprint in the world. And that's okay, because you know what? Not running a business. This is an educational enterprise for you. And if you do dig it, just uh, let somebody know. Just give us a little click or like, or just tell somebody. Just sharing it one-to-one. And you know, that's kind of what the music's all about. That would be great. Anything you do really makes a difference. Shows up right away. And every time people do it, I find there's new listeners and new folks being reached by this music, which I just think that's a good thing to have in the world. Okay, I will see you over at part two. If you don't know, you should know. You can subscribe to Deep Focus on your favorite podcasting app. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those are the two biggest where people find us, but we're on lots and lots of others too. If you ever can't find us or if you're in some web-based situation, you can always find us at the hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. mitchgoldman.podbean.com. That's the hosting site. You can follow us on Instagram. We are Deep Focus Podcast at instagram.com. Deep underscore focus underscore podcast. Deep Focus Podcast on Instagram. You can email us. We are Deep Focus Now at what? Deep Focus Now at uh, gmail.com. You can do a deep dive at my personal website if you want to do that. It's uh, mitchgoldman.com is my personal website. And you can pull down the um, About Deep Focus tab and see all the, every episode of Deep Focus going back to 2008, I think, something like that. And um, yeah, we'd love to have you and you're, you're part of it. <laughs> if you made it this far in the show, you're part of it. Okay, uh, that's part one. Once again, it's February 5th, 2024. William Hooker on the topic of Sonny Schrock. I'll see you over at part two. I'm so glad you're along for the ride.